2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com tmobile.com. Whoa,
3: whoa, whoa, yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you
1: know now. Guests baby. appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the to Gabe Coon Show, baby, so live now. from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 929 FM ESPN.
3: A trip,
2: now
3: back rolling on the Gabe Coon Show, 929 FM ESPN, and joining me now, as he does every single Monday, uh, Amid. Probably his busiest month or so of the year. That would be Harold Grader, Associate Executive Director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl on X at Harold Grader. Harold, how's it going?
2: Great to see you. Yes, things kicked in a notch or two or three above what things were on Friday. I can tell you that. So an interesting weekend of games. Now we're to uh, Championship Week and just days away from Selection Sunday.
3: Now, before we get into all of the festivities and the fun... How was your holiday? Holiday had a great good? Holiday. Okay, good.
2: Plenty of food, lots of football. I think there was a tiger game, basketball game squeezed in there. Yeah, I uh, a few. Plenty going on. It was a great, it was a enjoyable weekend.
3: Yeah, and then I I saw that because of some snow and inclement weather in the uh was it in the Little Apple? Was that was that in? Yeah. Uh, was that in uh I G- was State, Kansas State K-State. you were not able to you were not able to make your yeah, trip.
2: we were all ramped up, ready to go, had the plane lined up, and Saturday morning more snow than we would want to deal with. So that trip got nixed, and uh, we stayed home, stayed warm, and and watched it on television. Or as I like to say, we had that game and multiple others yes. under electronic surveillance. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that would have been a fun game to be oh, at, absolutely. though. I say, no. Except you would have had to bundle up pretty good.
2: Yeah, that, that was okay. Do you can, you can, have can, the puffy can, coat can, somewhere laying in the I closet, I'd imagine. You know, and I've been to K-State and Iowa State before in November th- this time of year. I, I've been through that, but uh, – i Have never been in that situation where the the flight in and the po- flight in got canceled or the possibility of not being able to get out same night. Never yeah. had faced that, so. We but electronic
3: it. surveillance did Ab- the trick it anyway. It worked. Yes, and you saw forty-two, thirty-five Iowa State get over top where their running back had Ab- what two hundred and seventy-six
2: yards. And <laughs> they did not run a play from scrimmage on the other side of the fifty. Yeah, that'll do. They had like five or six, what seventy yard plus yep. plays in that game. Yep, <laughs> I don't know if that's ever happened.
3: <laughs> no, who I will give credit to? Because uh, what was it uh, Hunter Decker's? And I'm getting into the weeds here with Iowa State. Hunter Decker's is a guy who got uh, nicks this year. He's going to be the starting quarterback for Iowa State, but he had the gambling suspension, yeah. and they're still dealing with what they're going to do with with him. But Anthony Beck's son, Rocco Becked, for Iowa State, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a damn good and player. He had an opportunity. Former tight, ty- and by the way, Anthony Beck. For those that don't know, uh, he was an analyst. He's the coach of the the St. Louis Battlehawks in the XFL. Former NFL tight end for years.
2: Yep. Yeah. So I know he's proud. Oh, absolutely, and he played well. Big stage, big rival game.
3: Yep. Impressive. Big stuff. Big stuff. Now, um, speaking of big rival game, I have nowhere else to start besides uh, fourth and thirty-one. The Iron Bowl was nuts. Just nuts. I mean, I, how? I, I, watching that game, I was, on, I was honestly debating on fourth and 31. Do you kick the field goal and then kick the onside kick, try to get it back, see what you can do? Because it's fourth and 31. The chances of you converting are slim to none. But, of course, they go for it. And Jalen Milrow throws a dot to the corner. That wins them the ball game, and all the Auburn fans. Uh, oh God, the look on their face! I oh, hate yeah. to say it. I listen. I know it's tough to lose a game, especially that way. But the look on their faces was priceless. Oh. That was that had to be brutal, brutal beat.
2: Oh, absolutely devastating. And and they're they're literally seconds away from winning a game that, for the most part, Gabe, I thought Auburn outplayed them.
3: I thought it was in hand. <laughs> it was you very know, much in uh, hand.
2: Peyton Thorn played a really good game. Hit when he runs. He's dangerous. He showed that time and time again. Uh, much different much different Auburn football team than, than I had seen just the week before in person against New Mexico State. But you would expect that. Um, so, for the Auburn folks, condolences. Yes. That's a shot to the gut. <laughs> yes. And, you know, they kept showing the student section. Oh, the, the tears. And, a lot and, of tears. You know, literally, they're watching the clock. They're counting down. They are ready to rush the field and have a major celebration. They had beaten the mighty Crimson Tide until fourth and 31 happened. <laughs> Holy cow. I feel for them. I feel for them. And, you know, and I watched uh Coach Saban's post-game press conference. Well, I watched both coaches, actually. Right. I watched both press conferences. And he didn't say it but the body language was and he handed, he, he didn't make mention of hey we got stuff to work on. <laughs> you know, the yes. question was asked about being lucky and things like that. You could just tell the look on his face and the body language was they knew that they had gotten away with one. Oh. And absolutely. Are you going to turn it down? No. No. That's ball. That's ball. And they but they knew they had escaped and Kept they're, everything. They're ready, they're they're ready to get on the bus and head to Tuscaloosa as fast as you could.
3: kept Kept everything alive that they're playing for this year. Yeah, oh, And absolutely. now, like I I can imagine Saban just after that performance and getting away with one, thinking ab- ab- about what's ahead in Atlanta. That's just that's yeah that's hey. brutal to think about because they have a whole lot to work on. I don't think it has much to do with Jalen Milrow. He's still been phenomenal, um, but they just have to somehow um find a way in that type of big game to keep him more upright and to run the ball a little better with the running yeah. backs, try to get in between the tackles a little bit more. Jalen Milrow ran for hundred and eight, but uh past that running backs weren't really getting what they needed to get. It's it, there's definitely some some worry now. I, I, I picked Alabama over um Georgia once I knew that the SEC championship yeah. was locked in. But I don't I don't know how confident I am at that at this particular moment. I know Saban yeah. will have a plan, but Georgia yeah. is Georgia's damn good.
2: You know, and if you're an Alabama fan, you, you ought to be concerned. Because watching that game against Auburn, there were flashbacks to problems that had been very obvious, thought they had been corrected, and mistakes, mental errors, things yep. that they had been doing earlier in the year that I thought they had gotten past. Yep. They had two touchdowns called back yep. because of penalty that kind of stuff was happening earlier in the year. You know, Milroe, as good as he is, he has got to be more conscious, conscious of where he is on the field with the the the, the, the line of scrimmage. The, that was, ha- am I past the line to be able to throw? That was one of I the worst plays that happened Twice in but the game? in the
3: end of the game, that was one of the, the worst the plays end. I had yeah, I had seen. He's, and, and not let's be completely honest. He has the line. He see you have to see the stick there for the line of scrimmage. Y- yes. There's no question about it. And he, he goes ahead of it. Then he I don't know if he thought that he could step back across and throw it. No, once you pass it, you're a runner. Yeah, you're you're a runner. Yeah. You can only lateral from that point.
2: And I thought on that particular play, I thought he could have run for the first down. Yep, he was looking to throw. And, again, being more aware of time, distance, what's going on, and t- take advantage of your running ability. And
3: one thing they were miserable at is getting getting a first down on third. I mean, yeah. six for yep. 17 on yep. third down is not going to win you a lot of ball. That's right. And, and like, something that, that definitely needs to be discussed here is the fact that they won the turnover battle three to nothing. Three to nothing, and yep. you only win that game by three on fourth and 31. That's right.
2: That is concerning as hell. And, and, and that's why, you know, if on the other side of, of that equation, if you're Hugh Freeze and you're that Auburn football team, you know, again, the shot to the gut because you know you had it. You had it. Yep. And learning experience for them, it's one of those you got to learn to win kind of situations. But kudos to them with the performance they they put on coming off that just horrendous game against New Mexico State. They could have folded the tent. They were already bowl eligible, and they could have just shown up and gone through the motions. But that's also the importance of a rival game like that. Mm -hmm. No matter what had happened the week before, and they got rolled by New Mexico State, this is the Iron Bowl. This is Auburn and Alabama. This is this is talked about literally yep. 365. I don't care what else is going on in the state of Alabama. Every day they're going to talk about Iron Bowl. They're going to talk about Auburn football, Alabama football. You're living it and breathing it every single day. When you go to the offseason workouts, you're talking about yep. the one you just played, especially if you won it. You're bragging, absolutely. you're looking ahead to the next one. Yep. Uh, and that's just the nature of that rivalry.
3: Yep. And uh, – I'll say this, Jordan Hare. Uh, strangest things in the world happen at that damn stadium. Yep. There's nothing we can do about
2: yep. it. Just, uh, just
3: know that it's built in. There's some voodoo going on at in there.
2: Something's going on, and but that's what makes the game what it is. A hundred percent. love the game of college. Football. I
3: mean, that was that was the best game I saw this entire weekend. Yeah,
2: yeah. NFL, the college
3: basket. I don't care what it, college football. That was the best game, most interesting game. Craziest finish of the weekend.
2: And, and part of that, Gabe, and I agree with you, is because what was on the line. Yes, 100%. What was on the line for Alabama? Yeah. Everything, and what's always
3: on the line in the Iron yeah. Bowl?
2: So, especially now, okay, that hope and aspiration of somehow finding a way into the Final Four, into the playoff, it's still there. Probably a long shot, but... You can still throw the dice, take your shot against Georgia. I don't think Alabama beats Georgia, not based on what I saw yep. this past Saturday. Now, before this past Saturday, I thought Alabama was heading towards peaking at the right time, yep. which would be SEC Championship yeah. game, and then whatever's it, it, see, after that. See, but
3: this is what I battle with, Harold. How much do I just sort of – I'm not going to say throw out what we saw, but how much do I just sort of chalk it up to iron? the Iron bowl is nuts – And the intensity's high. They were on the road. They still pulled it out somehow. Like, how much do I chalk it up to the Iron Bowl is absolutely wild every single year, no matter how good or bad Auburn is. No, it is. is. But, you know, same time, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. If they play anything like they did against Auburn, they're going to get boat raced. They'll get ran out of the stadium. Um, Now, on to Ohio State-Michigan. I want to bring this up before we hop into... Championship weekend and bowl selections and yeah. everything else and what you guys are thinking over at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Um, but Michigan gets over top 30 to 24. Um, I want to start with the Ryan Day conversations. The amount of people going after Ryan Day in Ohio State circles saying get a new coach, right. get him out before it's too late. What do you think of those conversations? Is that is that yeah. nuts? or or I mean, it kind of gives me the – and I know Ryan Day at this point has lost three straight to Jim Harbaugh. Yes. But it, it kind of three reminds of me. Three out of the last five. It kind of reminds me. And I know that that's the biggest game on your schedule every single year. You have yeah. to win that game if you want to be an Ohio State head coach. Kind of reminds me of Jim Harbaugh when he was struggling as mightily as he was against Michigan when all the Michigan fans and a lot of right. people around college football saying fire this guy. And you see on the back end that it worked out. Now, Ryan Day would have to make those adjustments, get over top of Michigan for this to all – You know, trickle that way, similar to Jim Harbaugh. But do you, are you on board? Like, what do you think about those conversations?
2: You know, I'm not. I mean, because you got to take a step back, look at the broader picture and the the success he has had.
3: 56 and seven.
2: Pretty dadgum good. (laughs) Pretty dadgum good. (laughs) Right. But again, at that level, when you're talking rival games, whether it's the Iron Bowl, the Egg Bowl, that one sometimes the coach whether he comes or goes is dictated by that rival game yep you no know, as it has been said over the years with the egg bowl somewhat in jest but hey we can go we can lose the first 11 <laughs> but if we win that <laughs> egg win bowl, the egg bowl. it has been <laughs> a great year <laughs> yeah right right and for ohio state to, to jump out there with stuff about Ryan Day, yes, I get it. Again, much like the Alabama game, a lot on the line. Not just a conference regular season championship, but playoff and potential national championship. The frustration of losing to your bitter rival. Again, not a great track record for him. You know, uh, they have a, a new AD incoming, Gene Smith, the legendary AD up there is retiring. They're not going to make a change now, right? And and nor should there be. And, that, and that's ridiculous to even contemplate that. If the trend continues, if Michigan wins again next year with a new AD, does that change the complexion of that conversation? Mm-hmm. I guess it so. It, it could. could. It sounds crazy. But it could um, because Ohio State's going to be – they're going to be in the mix every year. Yeah. Not just for the conference
1: Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Block
2: out another restriction supply. Major League
1: Baseball trade parts used with permission.
2: Championship, But they're going to be in the national championship hunt. Right. But if whether you advance or not is dictated by the outcome of this game and you continue to, to lose this game. I get it. The standard is higher. The expectation is much higher. But,
3: it's the highest in college football. We don't have to. We don't have it's to. It's the trend.
2: Yeah, if we, the trend is going against you, well, maybe we need to do something. We else.
3: we can't tiptoe around it when we talk about expectations. Ohio State's at the top of the the list.
2: Oh yeah, I okay. mean, I mean, you look oh, at yeah. those
3: fans. I remember what was it a couple of years ago when C.J. Stroud had a, a couple of of theoretical struggles and they lost to Oregon at home. That fan base immediately called for his head. And we see C.J. Stroud now. We saw yeah. what he did last year against Georgia and almost beating the national the the uh, team that went on to be a national champion. Um, but People were calling for his head. Oh, he shouldn't be the starter, yeah. and we see him in the NFL now. So uh, that that fan base is insanely rabid. They 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 do not take anything less than a college football playoff appearance and and run with it. They if you right. are even if you're a New Year's Six team,
2: they don't feel happy about where you're at. You know, and and Gabe on the other side, I mean, there's still a lot of dust yet to settle yes. at Michigan, and I think I said this. Several weeks ago, not knowing that this was going to happen, right. because obviously this does change the complexion of the conversation as well. However, a lot of stuff swirling around Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Obviously, does he finally say the heck with all of this? It's, if I get an NFL shot, it's there. I'm out of here. Yep. You know, I've beaten these guys. I've shown I can do it. I'm the king of the Ohio State Michigan rivalry. All this other stuff around college athletics, this stuff going around the program—I've had enough.
3: Everybody's sniffing around while I'm cheating. That's what you he's know, thinking right now. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: So maybe it's not done yet on the Michigan side. We'll see. Yeah, not we that will he be fired or anything? I no, he think. definitely wouldn't be. Yeah. But he'd—I mean, but unless, he just, unless,
3: unless we found something from this whole sign stealing saga yes. that is ridiculously egregious and right. past sign stealing itself, but. He wouldn't get fired. This would be a guy stepping into a Raiders job, a yeah. Raiders gig, or something like yeah. that. And the NCAA has said something about maybe, you know, respecting the NCAA's suspension if if they do go ahead and suspend him. Which that's I don't ridiculous. know if that's going to happen. But I why would the NFL? Do I don't that think that if would he keep. Went that I don't think that would keep him. I don't think it would be a, the amount of games to keep him from getting a job or the amount of games to keep him from accepting a job. If that if, he, if yeah. we're if we're talking about the NFL. Um, but I will say this about Ryan Day, because that was where this conversation yeah. started. I saw two separate coaches, and I know that Jim Harbaugh was not even on the, the field, right? I saw Sharon Moore as, a, as the interim head coach for Michigan, and I saw Ryan Day as the head coach yep. for Ohio State. One played to win every step of the way. The other played not to lose. That was Ryan yeah. Day. I thought Sharon Moore, the I- aggression and everything else— I mean, they were three for three on fourth down, where Ohio State had a a fourth and two where they missed a field goal from 52 yards out at one point that they didn't go for, even though they were sort of in no man's land. Um, I saw one coach that was very, very nervous and an interim head coach that said, screw it, we're going to lay it all on the line. They they both had had everything to lose, but the Michigan side said, hey, we are going to go for it no matter what. We are going to go win a ball game. We're going to be aggressive, and Ryan Day was not the same way.
2: I cannot disagree with anything you just said. Yeah, it's, and it's sometimes just... with an interim, that's the mindset. Yep. And that's I don't want to say the luxury of, of being in that situation, but it's a it's a little different. Now obviously, you know, Harbaugh, his voice was there all week long. It was only not there on game day. You know, and maybe they talked about, hey, let's let's be aggressive. Let's yes. be aggressive. Yeah. At every opportunity. Let's be aggressive. Put those guys back on their heels.
3: Yep. And it worked. And it worked by the end of that game. And then also Kyle McCord. The whole Kyle McCord experience caught up to them. You played a good defense, turns the ball over twice. That's the difference in the game, ultimately. Um, Now, championship weekend. uh, Of all of these massive, I mean, huge matchups with with a lot on the line. Oregon versus Washington. I think, again, a play-in game to the college football playoff. Oklahoma State versus Texas. I'm not calling it a play-in. But Texas wins that game. They're very much alive. Yep. And that- Georgia versus Alabama in a crazy, crazy spot. Um, whoever wins, I think, is in. Whoever loses is going to have to cross their fingers that somebody else that, that is in the, in the uh, crowd loses or a couple teams lose in that crowd. Louisville versus Florida State. Florida State had the chance to, to lose to Florida, quite frankly, but Florida just couldn't pull it out. Um, and then Michigan-Iowa, I think yeah. I'll just leave that one to the side. I don't think I will score, but three points. But uh, of all these matchups, where are you looking for the upset? Where are you looking for the craziness to happen? I'm
2: looking at that Georgia-Alabama game. Yep. And if Alabama wins, I call that an upset. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. going um, to be very interesting. Will, just like we were just talking about, we'll, will Alabama be a little bit more aggressive? Play to win versus whatever, right? Yep. Um I I think Saturday in Atlanta is going to be crazy. Um I don't think Georgia if Georgia plays its game. And again, you know, they're coming off a a, a rival game. They didn't exactly manhandle Georgia Tech. Yep. What was it? 31-24 something no, like yeah, that. Something close. Um but they won uh Alabama. Obviously we we all know what happened there. I think Georgia is the better football team. Is it close? I think it's close. Yeah. And I think this game could be close. But still, if Alabama were to win, i still put that in the upset column.
3: Yes, and I think uh, we've seen Saban in game plans for the SEC championship. He rarely fails. He rarely fails.
2: And if you don't think they haven't been spending some time on Georgia. Of course. Ever since they locked it in. Absolutely Well, I hope have. that's
3: the excuse for what they put on the field against well, Auburn. Nobody said, <laughs> would, nobody's mentioned that,
2: but. That would make a little bit more sense, I wouldn't can it? I guarantee you they've been working on Georgia.
3: All right. Now, before before Selection Sunday talk, we have yeah. to talk about some of these coaching carousel flips and hires. Um, let's start with uh, Jeff Levy to Mississippi State. Not really on the – I mean – this is not a name that we talked about, but we always know with Jeff Levy, with how successful he's been as an offensive coordinator at his various stops, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, whatever it is, uh, we know that this is always on the table or this that him getting yeah. a job was always on the table. But Jeff Levy to Mississippi State, uh, what do you think about that hire? It seems like a lot of people at State love it.
2: They're fired up about it. The reaction was overwhelmingly positive. Not surprised that uh, Zach Selman, the new AD yep. at Mississippi State, that is the legendary Selman family at Oklahoma uh, Zach ha- had worked there uh, before, prior to getting the Mississippi State job so uh, so he knows the Oklahoma the relationship with relationships built. Yep. there and with Levy there and that whole connection there with Oklahoma not surprised that it resulted in this uh, offensive guy yep I think that's good uh, for that's Mississippi what they wanted. State. Uh, and and Levy, you know his pedigree. Worked with Lane at Ole Miss. Worked with Josh Heupel at UCF. Their offense was has been playing at a very high level at, at Oklahoma. So he's coming in there with a high motor on the offensive side. Young guy. Uh, young guy. Um, one of the pieces that I heard uh, earlier today was, again, about the relationship, Zach Selman and Levy, and it, and it involved NIL and the importance of NIL. Zach was the guy who more or less started the NIL program in Oklahoma. So he knows yep. what it means. Jeff Levy knows the importance of that. And now to bring those two together, I think you'll see a more concerted concerted effort by Mississippi State. And if you're a Bulldog fan, get that checkbook ready. Yep. Reach 100%. for your wallet because they're going to come ask it. Yes, they're going to come. Uh, no question. So, I think for Mississippi State, again, great hire. We'll see if it works out. i got to think there will be success there in Starkville with Jeff Levin. And after
3: the deterioration of the offensive football at Mississippi State, yeah. after Leach passed and Zach yeah. Arnett took over, they wanted an offensive guy. They got their offensive guy. Now, uh, Mike Elko to A&M. Former defensive coordinator yep. went to uh, went to Duke. Has had unreal success. He is one of two coaches in the history of Duke football to go to back-to-back bowl games. Him and David Cutcliffe. Um, if he would have stayed for another year, he probably would have made that three. Um, but Mike Elko, I think this is a good hire. It's not a sexy hire. This is not the the blue chip crazy you know Jimbo hire that they made previously. Right. But maybe they're trying to escape from that at least a tad bit and just find a guy who can win and who can create a culture.
2: Yes, and I was going to go there myself with the culture. Because let's face it, A&M has all the money in the world. They just showed that with Jimbo. They have all the facilities you need. No question there. So you're checking that box. NIL, checking that box. Pay for the coach, checking that box. It comes back to a and being a unique place and a unique culture around that university And around that football program. And you got to find the right guy that fits that culture. And Jimbo obviously was not that person. Yep. They gave him years. They hung in there with him. He brings in, you know, Bobby Petrino. Nothing Nothing worked. worked. Nothing worked. And and, And that, to me, goes back to the culture that Jimbo Fisher had created around that football program. Now you bring Elko in. Former AM DC. So he knows. He was phenomenal too. He exact yes. AM's defense played at a very high level when he was there. And there's been and not that there's a coincidence here or a corresponding set of uh of circumstances, but he leaves. What happens to the AM defense? It goes downhill. Yep. So uh, you know, some folks prefer offensive guys as their head coach. AM's tried that. Now they're going to the def- to a defensive guy yeah. who has a great pedigree, great record. Again, to do what he did at Duke, that's impressive. Uh, you know, if I'm him, I keep Bobby Petrino as my as my OC. Um again, the the stakes for AM and everybody else in the SEC mm-hmm. gets ratcheted up big time next year with the addition of OU Texas. No divisions. Yes, there's going to be an expanded playoff. But it is going to be yeah. fisticuffs every week. And the time is now. drag-out competition every week. And for a school like A&M, here you go. Another coach. you got to make this one work.
3: Yeah. And sidebar, because I talked about it already, I don't get the A&M fans completely downing the idea of Mark Stoops. I, I mean, uh, with respect – to sort of what they want to accomplish. We obviously have not seen Mark Stoops get to, you know, the right. get close to the college football playoff, but what he's done at Kentucky with with limited resources, not a good recruiting base, not a lot of money going into that program, I think he'd have success at AM. I think you sort of took in a lot of ways the Less proven version of Mark Stoops. And that's sort of what it feels like to me. But Mike Elko does have familiarity with Texas yeah. AM, so I guess that that yep. sort of uh, you know bridges the gap at least a little bit. But I didn't like the AM fan base sort of completely downing the idea of Mark Stoops.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. Um, it, it is a little mystifying. Um, has Mark, again, have they had great success, overwhelming success? No, but all of those things you just mentioned, Gabe. He came in there, had to rebuild, and the, for me, the thing that is most impressive about Stoops at Kentucky has been the rebuild that happened in years one, two, three, four, maybe. I had to yeah. look back at the records. But the sustained success. Yes. yeah. He has been able Seven, to eight sustain wins that. Yes. every
3: once in a while, grab a nine-win, ten-win season.
2: You know, they were thought to be, you know, one of the uh, – leaders of the pack last year in the east we went into this year they were going to be in the mix obviously that didn't happen for them um but mark stoops is solid he's gonna win he's gonna do it his way the right way you know kind of roll up your sleeves just do the work do the work and win yeah um so again a&M, again, it's yeah. part of the culture. I mean, um, the
3: obvious question there is upside with Mark Stoops, right. but I still have those same questions about yeah. Mike Elko. I mean, let's yeah. be fair. Let's be fair when we're talking about both those guys side by side. Upside is a question for Mike Elko just like it is about Mark Stoops.
2: And it's one thing to do it in the ACC. Now you got to do it in the SEC. Yep. yep, Different deal. For sure. Different deal.
3: Now, uh, last thing and most important thing, in my opinion, how are conversations coming along for for you guys at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl? I've seen a lot of uh you know potential rematch thoughts of twenty seventeen Iowa State versus Memphis. We know that the SEC had three teams that were five and six. They all lost this week. That definitely uh sort of muddies the muddies the picture. Uh, just sort of holler at me about conversations and, and where we think we're at.
2: Yeah, you know the the SEC is still a possibility for us. There are conversations being had. We'll see how all that plays out on Sunday. And remember, folks, at the end of the day, it's not our choice. Right. The SEC, we're in that SEC pool of us and five other games. And within that pool of six, ultimately the SEC assigns us mm-hmm. our teams. And we'll see as conversations continue this week what that's going to look like on Sunday. Now – the SEC, traditionally, year in, year out, decades in, decades out, they play everything very, very close to the vest. Yep. And at the championship game in Atlanta, a lot of conversations are going to be had, as they always are, and we may not know our fate until Sunday. Yep. We'll see. Big 12 side, I think the pool of teams that we've been talking about there, and uh, not to confuse with the – Poole, being the SEC, yes. see, the group of teams, You know, I think those teams are still there for the conversation for us, and it's our pick on the Big 12 yep. side. And I think that's a, a K-State, an Iowa State, a West Virginia. I think it's probably down to those three, just as we project the three bowls ahead of us, uh, who we think they're going to select. Uh, so we shall see. But I'll be in uh, Dallas. Yep. Uh, on Saturday for the Big 12 championship game, getting in there on Friday and uh, having those conversations with uh, the commissioner and his football staff. You know, because that, you know, that's the way league officers are on. There is a football guy and yep. a bowl guy that's the expert on it. So, um, so I'll be there. Looking forward okay. to seeing Texas and Okie State. I think Texas wins it with yeah. relative ease. Again, based on what I saw this past week with Oakie State, I mean they're down a three, twenty-four they're,
3: to six at one point by BYU.
2: They're a, a three-loss <laughs> team, uh, snuck into the championship game. Uh, I am going to make a concerted effort uh, before the game to seek out uh, young Arch Manning. Okay, and that was fun to see him yep. get in the game the other night. Yep. and uh, uh, I texted his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Heard back from Granddad. Just congratulations. And uh, I mean, it's the holiday. Everybody's watching. Yep, for I mean, sure. They had the they had the world, and to see Arch get in there and played good, played yep. well. You know, yep. for what it was, he handled the the circumstances very well. But uh, for the Mannings, you know, proud and happy for them to see the third generation finally get on the field and play an actual college football
3: game. Now, Harold, the next time we talk, we'll have this all sort of squared away. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll be getting hyped up for a matchup in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl.
2: We will indeed. Yes. Indeed. And, again, look forward to the conversation yep. a week from now when it's all done, and then it will be a sprint to the finish line on December 29th for the 65th AutoZone Liberty Bowl.
3: Appreciate it, as always, though.
2: Thank you, Appreciate Gabe. Appreciate
3: it. That's Harold Grader at Harold Grader on ex-Associate Executive Director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Now we need to go ahead and hop into the Blitz, and in the Blitz, we have more football coaching changes, and one has to do with Michigan State. Jonathan Smith, the Oregon State coach who led the Beavers to 18-7 uh, and 7 in the last two years, he has taken the job at Michigan State, but he gave out an interesting quote that I want to discuss on the other side right here on 92.9 FM ESPN.